0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. Just a reminder that this is part one of the conversation that we had with Katja regarding her short film, Skindiver. In this part of the episode, our show's producer, Jess Semple, takes the reins and discusses pre-production, shooting and post-production of short film, Skin Diver, all while Katja gives you a comprehensive walkthrough of her filmmaking process. Be sure to continue the conversation in part two of this episode. You're listening to Orms Air, the Orms podcast, an open space where we discuss everything photographic and invite you to step inside our world of photography. For over 20 years, Orms has been the creatives' go-to for all things photographic, from the best gear to breathtaking display options. Visit OrmsDirect.co.za for everything you need. Let's get chatting with Diony Bab and Rachel Reeves. Hello everybody and welcome to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. Today in studio we are joined by Katya Abidian, writer, director and producer of short film Skin Diver, which Katya herself refers to as an ode to the tender hearted. So hello Katya. thank you so much for joining us today, we're very excited to have you in studio.
1: Thank you so much for having me, this is wonderful.
0: Um, just as a quick side note, today I am a little bit under the weather, so if you hear it in my voice I do apologise, I will be... Back to 100% in our next recording. Um, and today as well, quite exciting, we have Jess Semple, our podcast producer, joining us in studio. Um, Jess is very excited to be here to ask or to join in the conversation and to speak with Katya about her film process from one filmmaker to another. Yeah, super stoked. So, yeah, let's get <laughs> chatting. Okay, Katya, I wanted to start out our conversation with just asking you to give us sort of like a brief outline of Skin Diver your short film what is it about so for me it's it's always a bit
1: difficult to define exactly what it's about yeah. because i think i've come to a point where i really enjoy when people watch and then interpret things for themselves and mm-hmm. kind of piece things together but if i had to kind of give an a you know an abstract overview summary i would say it's very much about Finding comfort in your individuality, Mm. finding comfort in your own world, you know, your imagination, where where your mind goes, finding comfort in becoming who you are, you know, on the way to that, as well as who you being comfortable in your skin at the moment. Mm. And, you know, these kinds of things, as well as the importance of friendship and kind of how people can help you grow mm. and teach you things that maybe you really need to know and, th- and show you things that you're not seeing. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't, you know, they're not always around and they're yeah. not always there and, and they kind of help you learn how to learn yeah. about yourself in a way, um, which I think is is a concept that has quite a lot of layer and, you know, means something different to everyone. Yeah, definitely. But I just, I think for for me, friendship and, you know, certain significant friendships in my life have been very pivotal to Mm. my growth. And I kind of wanted to give ode to that in the film as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And kind of say, you know, as soon as you you find those people and you just connect with people who are also not trying to do, you know, maybe what everyone else is doing and kind Mm. of help you understand that the way that you're thinking of the world, the way that you're you're feeling is not just an isolated experience. Yeah. Then that's mm-hmm. really exciting and mm-hmm. like kind of empowers you to also keep
0: pushing and yeah.
1: keep growing in that way.
0: It's almost like that spark that you feel within yourself. You see it, you recognize it in another person, and then you sort of like join your spark. Exactly. Such a beautiful, exactly. such a beautiful documentary oh, or work. film, sorry.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I'm going to do now is just pass it over to Jess, because Jess has some questions mm. for you. More technical questions, and obviously this is Jess's happy place. So check yes. The
2: technicalities. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'd really love to kind of, like, have you walk me through your pre-production process. Mm. Because I know for a 15-minute short film, a lot of people might not realise how much pre-production goes into that. Like, things like, you know, how long did this all take to kind of kick off, like, what did that entail? Any setbacks you encountered, complications, mm. just, like, all in the pre-production phase?
1: Okay, so... Um I started this is gonna be quite detailed, but I gonna, want the details. I'm gonna say as much <laughs> as I can and you can just include. Um so I started the writing process I think literally a couple days after I think I'd finished my last final year exams. Mm. Um, I was feeling this this you know huge burst of wanting to express and, and get out. And also, you know, for for the past couple of years I'd been building up to making a film you know mm. it's like I'd been studying film I'd been excited about film I'd, I'd been delving into the world but and had this idea of oh I would love to make a film I'd love to direct something I'd love to mm. express it in this way but I'd never really gotten to the point of doing that in a way that was like a test for me of yeah. what does this mean and what does it actually look like and what does it actually entail because mm. it's such an I- incredible process um and i think obviously you know that process is different for everyone and mine so so mine started with the writing and again it, it wasn't really something if i if i reflect back it wasn't really something that i had to kind of squeeze out in a mm-hmm. way there wasn't there was a degree of that but it was it felt like a very natural kind of flow yeah. from okay what is this feeling that I have that I want to express and then like how do I translate it into a story and, mm. and interestingly enough from the very beginning the the whole process of writing was very visual mm. like like in my initial script everything was very mm. detailed in terms of color and mm. location and yeah. feeling and this and this and this so it, it was if I th- if I had to define it I would say it was a very like visually based script mm. which I think helped helped when I was approaching people for the first time and it helped them to you know get an indication of what things would look like as Mm -hmm. opposed to just you know this um, technical written script Mm. Um, and so that was the writing process then I mean the title of the film came only after the, the the script and I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like saying something about Oh you're a skin diver. Mm. And then I was like that like that mm. it, that is it. That's mm. the perfect title and it's it's both kind of can be very literal for someone mm. but also has a lot of has a lot more to it. Mm. And then I would say the casting process and the find and finding of crew was definitely the most the next step that was the most kind of uncomfortable because yeah. it's the first time I'm doing this. I don't mm-hmm. really have anyone to kind of fall back onto. I had a good friend who was in is an actress in, in the film industry in South Africa and who's now actually doing really well internationally. Jess Sutton,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, she I asked her, you know, Jess, who can I work with um, in South Africa? Uh, and she put me on to a couple people, and then it was a process of elimination, you know, yeah. talking to this person, this person, you know how it goes, like, mm. just seeing who's available, mm. uh, who who's interested, who, who do I think I could work with, yeah. um, and then that's how I lined with our cinematographer, Liam Solo, yeah. who also, you know, took a huge leap of faith working with me as, like, a new director, mm. didn't really know if what I was saying I would match up to, um, and I was... I was really grateful for, like, Liam's uh, kind of contribution in the film because he has incredible technical... You know, he had the technical skills that I did not have at that time. Mm. And, you know, I'm always learning more of. Mm. But especially as a first-time director, it's really important to have someone who can kind of make up for your lack of technical understanding, in a sense. Mm. Um, And I feel very lucky to have been able to find someone who... Mm had that and then was still willing to work with someone who's doing it yeah. for the first time. Um, and I think he had a really good experience as well. Um, and then in terms of the the cast, both of them, both of the main characters, uh, Tony Goom and uh, Demi, were... Were, f- were people I knew of, but mm-hmm. I we weren't really close at all. So with both of them, it was very much a thing of, you know, going... I think I remember with Demi, I think I, you know, messaged her directly on Facebook or something. Mm. And I said, like, look, I have something to talk to you about. And she had no idea what this was about. <laughs> and I kind of pitched up at her house and, you know, just like made myself at home and mm. I'm like sitting on her floor. And then all of a sudden I'm like taking out the script and like getting all mm-hmm. excited and like mm-hmm. telling her this whole thing and then being like, and you... Oh, the main character like and you are in this part. And she was just like, okay. Like it was so out of the blue, I think, for her. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't know. The whole process felt very much like it was new for everyone, but it mm-hmm. was what everyone was kind of yearning for. Mm-hmm. Um and just just this ability to kind of put out all we were all in positions that were kind of new and uncomfortable for us. Um and so that so that was with Demi and then she also again like took a huge chance on me mm-hmm. and w- was very like committed and down and down down for it um and then with with Tony it was the same thing like we had we had spoken she's she's a very well-known South African artist does really amazing work and you know her schedule was very busy and I kind of had to I, I literally went to her with the script and was like you you know, you tell me, like, you tell me when you're free and we'll make it work, Mm. and I think I was so adamant to have her in that role, because for both of them, I saw, again, like, it was a very visual thing for me, like, they had Mm. to, they had to have a certain essence Mm. that both of them carried, and carried so naturally, and so strongly, and so purely, Mm. that it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't really imagine, you know, trying to cast other people, yeah, um so again she also you know came around and she was like let's do it and made it work amongst a, you know busy schedule sure. and so yeah very grateful for both of them and we mm-hmm. really became like a sisterhood through through that time then in terms of you know budgeting and yeah. and locations and sets and all of that that was also a very extensive process and all of this was kind of happening in maybe December of twenty. 20- 2016 mm. and then overflowing into like January 2017 mm. and then our first kind of weeks of filming were February 20 2017 and then we did another couple days a couple months later mm. so if I think back like a lot was done in a very short period of time yeah but it was it was a push you know it was like every mm. day this was my focus I was getting up like trying to figure out what's next what's next what do we mm. need to do what do we what boxes do we need to tick um, and again, like using the script as a very visual guide, but also mm. being very open to like when things didn't work out, being like, OK, what's the next best option? Yeah. So I think that was also a really beautiful learning for me is like mm. when it is your first time and you don't have some kind of standard to set yourself against, you're just pushing, pushing, pushing and just trying to make it work. Yeah. You'll kind of do anything to to, to find the best way, mm. which is which is a really important thing. I think I want to carry through in every Um, film you know to not get into a a space where you're like you're so rigid in in what you're doing that you actually cut cut off yourself from something that could be much better yes Um, so then with locations it was kind of like you know going around to certain places speaking to the owner being like I love your fish store your fish store is the (laughs) only fish store I want to use (laughs) and kind of making a deal with them and Mm. of, of course like I didn't have the budget to you know pay even my own car my own crew and cast Mm. nor uh, never mind locations the way Mm. that maybe professionally I I would have been able to but everyone was you know really happy to kind of compromise knowing Mm. that this was the first film I was making Mm. so yeah like going to Sam's Aquarium going to the laundromat the local laundromat that like had the right aesthetic and and, Mm. and feeling and all these things just through friends I mean one friend I was using Facebook at the time and I'd mm. literally, you know, every day it would be something new. It would be like, who has a blue bedroom? <laughs> or like, who has a round pool? Like just these <laughs> random things. And I was really relying on like the Cape Town, yeah, I don't know, community or mm. my, my circle of friends. And, and it was amazing. One friend of mine, India, she literally gave me her whole room. Oh. And she was like, and she has this really great room. It's it's, it's Saffron's room in the film. Mm. Yeah. And she was in this, you know, the, she, she was, I think, beginning to paint her room so she was like yeah you know you can you can you can literally just do what you need to do you can paint the walls you can move things around and I was like this is amazing you know so and that's exactly what I did but it it was an incredibly hectic process Mm. like I, I literally painted that whole room blue set the whole thing up within just the span of two days which Mm. sounds like a lot of lot of time but like to literally get everything together to paint the whole room by myself like there was there was no one helping me I didn't have a art direct like Mm. an art direction crew or you know set designers or anything it was just like Mm. you had to and, and and I love it because not only was I like physically involved in the process of making the film and I could physically kind of really put my my vision into like little details mm. that maybe people don't even pick up in until the mm. third time they've watched the film or something yeah. like the shell that's here or this mm. plant that there, or whatever this little frame which has something framed in it that mm. says something or whatever um but I also I think like through the process of even having to kind of produce the film myself yeah. is like I learned I, I learned a little bit not obviously everything but I got a taste of all of those different departments mm. and like how important it is to get to the point where you have, you know, you know, you, you have a producer and yeah. what is the producer mm. doing mm. and um, how much respect you have for the set designer who's doing this and doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also really, really beautiful to kind of be able to do everything yourself, but then also learn how like you almost never want to do that again, you know, because you're like and then like the, the budgeting for the film. Yeah, I. You know, even when I think back on this, it's like it's so crazy because mm. it was during December, right? And I don't know, December's a time where people just have money to spend yeah. or something. Yeah. And I and I had seemed to found this little niche of selling things on Gumtree, which I think <laughs> is such a funny story. So I here am now trying to find every little something in, in my house that I can mm. I can put on Gumtree to build up this budget. Yeah. Because I didn't really at the time I had some other like savings to dip into but there wasn't really much for me to work with mm. it even got to the point of like selling our own tv on gumtree which was amazing like my dad was like helping me move it out of our house into like the back <laughs> of someone's car so that was that was also like there's so much backstory yeah. to you mm. know just like building up a budget and it was great and yeah I was I was able to to raise like a fairly good budget just by doing that mm. and kind of like hustling here and there yeah so that was the budgeting side, but again, like we did it on very minimal mm. close to nothing, really yeah. mi- really close to nothing. and even you know towards the I know we were just speaking about pre-production, but even towards the end in post, yes. yes, we had um you know, a good friend of the our composer james mm. who who connected us with Daniel, who did our sound mm. mixing
2: mm.
1: and again, like Dan was in a position where he did. He did a huge favor for us and did such a good job yeah and you know he was someone who i really wanted to work with because i I knew he could do it really well Mm. and kind of went over and above what he needed to because he was also very invested in the film so i really what what i am so grateful for is that everyone who was part of the film what i felt was genuinely invested in it. they genuinely cared about it they were Mm. genuinely excited about it Mm. and that enabled them to do work that maybe they wouldn't have done and they also weren't finding in their own maybe commercial spaces of, let's say, sound mixing mm. or uh, composing or mm. cinematography when, you know, you're just out of film school and you're yeah. having to, like, you know, film weddings and film mm. this until mm. you're kind of building up your reel. So it was it was a really, yeah, it was just a really great opportunity. And I think through that is, like, something that I really want to, a message that I really want to share with, like, young South Africans, anyone yeah. who's, like, trying to make films, trying to do anything is, like, is like it's not only about you as the director or the writer mm-hmm. that has an idea. It, it's that whole process empowers everyone and yeah. enables everyone to kind of push themselves creatively, do something that they wouldn't have otherwise done and, you know, takes them to a, a different place as well,
2: mm.
1: which, is, which is what makes, I think, for me, filmmaking such a beautiful, unique art form because yes. it is such a collective process. Yes. To, answer, to answer the question of how long the whole process yes. took, I would say just the pre-production was was maybe actually the shortest of yeah. of of the the process. It was maybe like three or four months. Sure. Whereas like production, okay, production was short it was a couple weeks but post production mm. was like the
2: yeah. the longest <laughs> mm. yeah and i'm going to i have so many questions about the post production <laughs> it's quite an unusual process cuz generally you think about it with films like pre production is so much of exactly. it exactly yeah and and the thing is that it's not that pre
1: production i mean pre production was so much of it mm. but it's that I think I was so driven mm. and I didn't have any idea of how long this process should take. Yeah. So I almost start, like I almost jumped into it very mm. eagerly. I yeah. wasn't like, you know, I wasn't necessarily going through it systematically. Mm. I was like, well, we want to start filming in Feb. Yeah. What do we have to do until then?
2: Yeah. And then just
1: like push, 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 mm. push, you know? Mm. So, mm. so it was a lot happened in that time, yeah. but it's just that it, it, it sounds like a very you know short period of time yeah
2: so it was just like a very intense it was period a very of time intense very period condensed, of time. condensed yeah. yeah you spoke a little bit about like you kind of networked and found your cast and stuff through that mm. like did you know immediately like these were the girls you wanted
1: that was a bit of a, a, a weird thing for mm. me is that you know I had these two these two girls in mind yeah. and both of them ended up coming on board Mm. and then the the like the the young girl in the beginning in the intro and Mm. the the conclusion of the film she again was someone who a a friend of mine ruby who was Mm. kind of acting as as like an executive producer or or just like my my right hand woman really at the time um her she had she had a contact who was In like a casting Mm. for 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 like young people,
2: yeah,
1: and a casting agent, and then again, she just put forward these options, and Mm. as soon as I saw Tommy, I was Mm. like, "Her, like she's exactly." And then again, it was amazing. I I'd never, I didn't even meet her. Mm. Now that I think about it, the day until the day that we we filmed, it was all just like communicating on the phone or whatever, Mm. and she kind of you know pitched up on set, and she was just perfect. Like Mm. everything was just perfect. So. I feel very like lucky because it could have mm. gone really south mm. you know people could have said no it, they could have just been really difficult to work with mm. but for some reason it was just a very a very lucky you know streamlined beautiful mm. everything kind of clicking into place in the mm, lining yeah. process mm. which is really not always the case no.
2: So, <laughs> no it's an amazing feeling though like when you see a person and you're like you are it yeah and it just clicks I yes. had an experience like that with a short film, which is terrible, but I shot it last year and I remember seeing the guy that I wanted to cast as like a love interest. And in. I was like, You are literally what was in my head. Yes. And then you're like, There, in the flesh, and it's amazing. It's <laughs> such a great feeling. It's <laughs> such a great feeling. Um, I mean, this is not a question I had written down, but it came to me now kind of when you were talking about how you didn't meet Tommy um, Mm. until, like, the day of shooting. So did you do any, like, table reads, anything like that? Um, We did have, yes,
1: we did have, I think, one or two occasions where um, Tony and Demi came to my house and Mm. we were kind of sitting around and going through the script. And Mm. the reason I wanted to do that is because I was, the first time I was writing a script, I knew that a lot of what I would write or mm. how I would write a would not maybe necessarily be how they would yeah. express it as the character mm. so I was trying mm. to kind of get them okay you know let's 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 get into character let's let's bring your own mm. kind of editing into this process mm. and, and there was there was a lot of editing of you know little things here and there I oh, Let's say it said, like this rather, mm. what about this? And mm. and that, that made such a huge difference to the whole process. Yeah. So there was a bit of that, but it definitely wasn't, you know, on the level that I think professionally most mm. people kind of do table reads or yeah. do, do, do that process. It was mm. very like, we're just going to come together, we're going to kind of mix and match and edit things and make sure that everyone feels comfortable. Yeah. And I mean, they they never really rehearsed their lines or knew things off by heart. Mm. Um, and they are quite a, like there there is not much dialogue yeah. in the film. And I think I almost didn't want them to do that because I didn't want them to feel like they were mm. kind of like having to say something word for word. Mm. And that was just the approach that I think we took on that first film, you know, I'm sure maybe I'll do it differently in future once it gets to a different level. Mm. But in the beginning, it's like I wanted I wanted there to be the the utmost kind of comfort and and room for interpretation, room Mm. for inspiration, room for kind of being fluid. Did you say that you
2: shot at Sam's Aquarium? Yes. Is that off Lady's (laughs) Mile? Yeah. yeah oh that's crazy (laughs) I used to go there all the time to get fish when I was a child yeah Yeah,
1: it just has such a beautiful corridor so stunning and as soon as I as soon as I went there I was like this is it's it
2: it. and we
1: actually we had so much fun shooting there but it was so hot (laughs)
2: <laughs> in fact really... I don't know
1: why but all of our locations were extremely hot like we were just sweating most of the time it was <laughs> great like, even in the bedroom we were like in this attic and mm. it's like we had to keep taking water breaks because everyone got so dehydrated and it was like <laughs> the first day of shooting and I had no idea about how you know, how to kind of treat people on set. Mm. I was like, you know, yeah. we need to take regular breaks. We need mm. to uh, eat and drink. And, and I was like so focused and driven and like what's next or what's next. And then I had to keep like reminding myself, mm. okay, we're working with human beings here. Yes. Like we need to, we're all...
2: <laughs> yeah, we all need some time. Um, okay, cool. Um, I was going to ask you about Liam... Um, and but you did kind of touch on how you connected with him and stuff but Mm. what's um what drew you to his like his cinematography his work his style
1: I think I hadn't actually seen much of his work Mm. I think he showed me a couple of things Mm. and there were moments that I was like oh okay he can do what I need Mm. um and I think it was just the fact that when we met and we spoke he was so he had this attitude of openness and he had this Mm -hmm. attitude of okay, I don't necessarily get the full picture. I didn't have everything figured out as a director, you know, yeah. I, there were so many things that he kind of taught me, um, you know, you need to, ha- you need to, you know, like questions he would ask and mm. I wouldn't have an answer. Mm. And I wouldn't, I was also learning that like, that's okay to not have an answer. Yeah. Um, and he was, so he was very kind of I don't want to say that whole type A type B thing, mm. but he was very kind of like type A in his mm. approach, mm. which is which is wonderful for, for that film that we were doing that was very kind of precision based yeah. and, and, and very kind of each frame was very specific, yeah. at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, you know, he rose to that challenge and yeah. he was like, OK, you know, how, are we going to shoot it on this? Are we going to shoot on this lens? What is, mm. this? what is this? What is this? What is this? And now I'm here as the first director. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Mm. So like I was I was here going home, like doing my research, yeah. mm. having to figure out what this means, having to, um, you know, give him also what he needed. Yeah. Because there were times where I didn't want a storyboard. I didn't want to do this mm. and this and this, but he needed that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it was important for the process. So I, w- I think I was just most drawn to his his attitude of also giving the the, the film, you know, his best shot, yes. and and knowing that this was also his chance to kind of take it to a new level, mm. and a lot of really talented people like him who are who just come out of maybe a film school environment or whatever, it's not like they're given so many opportunities to yeah. creatively push themselves mm. in in creative filmmaking, you know, mm. so I think. He, what also drew me to him was like his own excitement for it yes and of course there were challenges there were lots of times where like you know he he couldn't see it mm. and I could see it but then mm. it's like he was almost saying like okay but how do we do it you yes. know how do we shoot this thing that you see yes. and you know I hadn't necessarily thought about it as I didn't th- maybe I had um underestimated mm. how technical it, it is to achieve that that shot you yes. know and And there was so much um, kind of creative flexibility. Mm. I mean, there were times where, especially, yeah, actually in every scene, but especially in certain scenes, like in the bedroom, Mm. in in, in the fish shop, Mm. in the... the high all of the high angle shots and like especially in the water the water scenes which Mm. I mean so we were losing light at that time which Mm. I loved like Mm. I loved the low light Mm. kind of dusk feel that's exactly what I wanted but for Liam it was very much like we're losing light we're losing light like what and I was you know I would just say like keep it rolling keep it rolling Mm. let's keep shooting Mm. let's just like see what comes Mm. and 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 again that was like one of those moments where I really felt like that rush of like Mm. now we're capturing Mm. you know Mm. I'm not having to construct everything and tell Demi do this do Mm. this Mm -hmm. i I was just letting kind of the spirit move us yeah um but but sorry so going back to that water scene is like you know some of those scenes where we have like these high angles of her kind of pouring the fish out or this this. is it was like demi like kneeling in water and us like on a some like half-hearted ladder like Mm. one is squatting and one is holding something up and one is making sure (laughs) that the ripples in the water it's like these crazy things that you know Mm -hmm. no one would understand like went Mm. into such a simple like shot or you know a a quick shot so we really did have like a lot of fun and interesting times yeah um but yeah I think I was just drawn to Liam's um his openness and Mm. his skill his his technical knowledge um that I really had very little of at the time Mm. um and it was beautiful like there were times where you know he'd say like I've worked with so many directors Mm. in my you know my film school and whatever and like no one's had kind of the, the assertiveness or the clarity of vision or the yeah. way that you work, the way you do. And that, that also really helped me because at mm. the time I was new, I was very kind of, I had confidence, but it was more confidence in doing the thing as opposed to yeah. myself, mm. you know, like mm. I myself wasn't really um, sure of myself yeah because it's the first time you're doing something, you have no idea how everyone around you mm. feels about your approach, but you, you kind of trust yeah. that everyone is okay yeah. so he also kind of helped me to build up my confidence in the process as well mm. and like was really happy I think with with the final product as well
2: yeah so now, he did such a beautiful job I, I remember mm. watching it and just I, I, I don't even think when I first saw it I don't even think it had come out yet it was last year maybe early early last year Okay. and I remember seeing teasers I don't know it was on your Instagram a photographer friend of mine was showing me and I was like Oh my gosh this is oh. <laughs> one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen and wow, that's, no it's that's like very special. Uh, it's you. so so stunning um yeah you spoke a little bit about production um and you said it, it like the actual shooting was over a couple of weeks. Yes. How did you split that up? Did you do like a couple of days here, a couple of days there, that sort of thing?
1: So I remember we did in February, like the beginning of Feb. we did, I think it was a, it was just short of a week both yeah. times. So it was maybe like four to five days of shooting. Mm. And then depending on the locations... Um, you know, to be honest, I actually cannot remember. I know that our first scenes were in the bedroom. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to start with the most complex mm. um, scenes and, you know, with the fish and, yeah. the, and the listeners. But we, we, we definitely didn't shoot in the sequence.
2: Mm.
1: It was actually the other way around. And and we... So, yeah, it was broken up into days and we'd kind of shoot for, like, a couple of hours. Yeah. And, yeah, and then it was very... It, it was a very... At once intense period but also like quite comfortable Mm. like so the reason that it was split up into two is because we weren't able to shoot everything in you know let's say those first five days Mm. and then I think someone was going away or something something and um, there were certain locations that we that you know, we didn't want to squeeze into, Mm. let's say, doing it over two weeks in a row. So then I was like, you know what? It's fine. Let's shoot for five days. Mm. Let's take like a week off and then let's come back and shoot for another five days, which is very like random and... Um, maybe unconventional but it it worked for us yeah um and especially I think that was also again like the the beauty of not having someone saying you need to have it done by this time you need mm-hmm. to have it which mm-hmm. is not you know normally it doesn't always work like that you don't yeah. normally have the freedom to just like take a few days off and then come back but I think again like I also really needed that because it was a very uh strenuous process on me I was yeah. kind of doing a lot and physically like mentally emotionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so that really helped and then the last then there was also the scenes with with Tommy mm. um the the intro those were all, that was also shot separately so that was actually shot i think even like a couple a month or so later yeah and that was that was those were the last last scenes mm. um just because i don't even i don't even remember why but yeah. just that's how life was moving at the time so then um so yeah so it was shot kind of in these bits
2: mm. Mm.
1: Um, just because, you know, that's how, it wo- that's how it was most feasible for everyone involved. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And also, like, Liam Liam also had, like, work in between that. So mm. I was also, you know, he was also juggling things mm. and he was also doing a lot at the time.
2: Yeah. So. That's kind of, I think, how it ends up working a lot with short films. You've got to kind of be, like, work around everyone on, like, schedule. Exactly. Particularly when there's not a lot of budget, you can't, like, book them all for, like, a set period of time. Exactly. Be like, be here. Be
1: here. This is your main thing. Exactly.
2: <laughs> you seem to have a very, like, Strong theme with central framing. Oh, yes, Yeah, yes. I, I, wor- I like, talk me through that. I want to know, like, why that choice? Um, yeah, I think I'm still figuring it out
1: for myself. But I think, so, my very early, my, my one of my biggest early influences was mm. Wes, is Wes Anderson, yes. right? And he has these really incredible central framing and mm. sym- symmetry and very intricate movement and mm. very specific camera angles. And mm. so I think, you know, that enticed me so mm. much, whether it was from his early work or his recent work, like you you see it, yes, and so I was like that. Like there's something very magical about mm. that, and mm. it also satisfied a lot of like visual things yeah. for me. So it's like it's like operating on all these different levels, mm. and especially when you know, Skin Diver is a very character based film, yes. So and and it's not you know it's a short film, so there's not a lot of kind of different scenes where you know mm. I was gonna have them off centered and whatever, and it, yeah. like for me it wouldn't it would have it would have broken the mm. the 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 kind of strength of yeah. the visual storytelling mm. and because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of little details and scenes where there's you know books opening yeah. and 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 fi- and f- you know fishes being framed and everything mm. and i just i don't know i just saw all of that very in this very central frame symmetrical movement yeah, so I think yeah. I was very inspired by him of course mm. and um again also because of our our, our format you know our four yes. by three format yes. so that also worked very well yeah. um interestingly enough though when we were shooting we I didn't yet I hadn't yet made that decision to oh, use really? that to use that format yeah but then in post we, we kept playing between mm. you know are we gonna do it mm. 16 by nine or are we gonna do it four by three and and yeah. I and I just like I just gravitated so much mm. towards the more square format mm. um and now funny funny enough when like I'm getting a lot more into you know kind of European cinema mm. and and all these different like niches and mm. then also like Xavier Dolan has become a huge thing in my life yeah and 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 seeing that I'm like I don't know there's just something that draws me yeah. so much to that kind of Character focus central framing everything feels very painting like and Mm. there's also some kind of There's something very satisfying for me about it because it's like you can control so much more like Mm. you can be so much More detailed Mm. in your you know your framing. Yeah, so I just really love that
2: I love kind of how it played because I felt like when I watched the film like the narrative structure is very circular like it kind of comes back to things, mm. and then but then at the same time you've got the motion of the circular structure, but then you've got like the stability of a central frame, and then yeah. like the few moments where you break away from that central framing. I remember there's a couple of shots. Yeah, it's so impactful. It stands out so much more. Yeah. So it's like super effective. I'm like such a fan. Oh, also you. love love so Wes glad. Anderson. He's great. <laughs> was incredible. Like as a first time director, like what how was your sort of approach to getting, like, really great performances out of your cast.
1: Mm. So that, I mean, that's actually one of the most interesting questions for me because Mm. to this day, I don't, like, I feel like I didn't have this, like, this, like, strong enough approach as a Mm. director, you know? Mm. And it's like I knew what I didn't want. I knew how I didn't want to be. Yeah. And I knew what I didn't want to do, but I didn't necessarily know what was the opposite of that, you Mm. know? So it was kind of like the whole time it was like how do i help these the cuz they were also in their own right very first time non-actor yeah. a- actors you know mm. and that's exactly what i wanted mm. but then at the same time i'm like realizing you know i really do need to nurture this process yeah. to help them bring out these things so i think for me it, it was a lot about you know talking through mm. talking through what is happening what you know what what this character is maybe feeling yeah it was also, I had to figure out, like, is it is it more helpful to help actresses think of the character as a character? Mm. Or is it more helpful for them to, like, assimilate the character yeah. into who they are? Yeah. These are still things that, like, I don't, I'm still figuring out. Mm. Um, but I do think it helped to just almost focus on their connection as friends, yes. so, like, they obviously started forming a good friendship between mm. the two of them, mm. um, and so I tried to draw on that a lot, and I was kind of, like, you know, just just helping them go through the motions of, you know, what if this was actually happening, and, mm. you know, mm. put yourself in this position where, where so-and-so, and so-and-so, and this is the situation you're in, yeah. and, then, and then kind of just letting them sit with it, and then almost interpret it and, and take mm. it the way that they did yeah. and most of the time that came out very beautifully mm. there were times where you know we do retakes and retakes and retakes until they kind of got it better yeah. but it, but it was a very kind of flowing natural process it wasn't very much like I was sitting there saying like no that's wrong take it again like yeah. no do it like this rather mm. I mean there were there were moments but it was very much like it was a very like collaborative space, you know? Yeah. So I'd be like, what about this? And then they'd be like, yes, yes, yes. And then, mm. and then feel a little bit more. And then, mm. so it was like this, it, it, except for, you know, certain shots that were, you know, hand movement things mm. or, or movements that, that I was able to be very specific about. Yes. Um, and that helped them a lot. Mm. And and again, like going back to the, the storyboarding, like I found it also really helped them to, for me to show them and speak speak through the movements with them, like, mm. like in drawings and visually. Mm. And so that they could also start like, what, what, what is she seeing? You know, yeah. what does she want? Like, yeah. what is she wanting to see? Um, and that also helped them a lot because in their own right, they were all very, you know, creative visual people. Mm. So, yeah. But in terms of performance, I think it was, it was a very kind of go with your feeling thing. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't yet think I have even now a kind of set approach to, getting performances i haven't up to i i still haven't worked with like professional actors or actresses yeah so i don't really and i've always really liked working with people who who don't come with this preconceived Mm. um thing but of course that's not gonna last forever Mm. um and yeah like i think i'll just learn (laughs) learn (laughs) as i go
0: This is Ormzair, and I'm your host, Rachel Reeves. Don't forget that subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite listening app is the quickest and easiest way to give us a long-distance high-five, and to let us know that you enjoy hanging out in our creative space. I think we can
2: maybe move on to post-production. And this is, again, something you spoke about a little bit, but now I know, like, On what angle to ask it? Um the the four by three aspect ratio. So you said you didn't shoot with that in mind initially, Mm. but you were drawn to it in post. Yes. What was the kind of like final deciding thing between that and like a 16 by 9, or maybe something a little like, I don't know, more squished? Yes. Or even like a two to one sort of aspect ratio?
1: Um I think my editor had a huge um part to play in it. Yeah. Holmes. Um he because he really again like he was it's like everyone who was involved had just like such a different yeah. personality and mm. he was someone who was very um had like has a very artistic eye but is also very like soft mm. and and kind of like helps you figure out what you want without putting pressure on you mm. you know and he um which is which is a beautiful quality to have as a as an editor yeah um and so you know when we were going back and forth there were certain shots that worked very beautifully in this kind of cinema scope wide frame and then Mm. there were other ones that i just couldn't imagine anywhere else except for that format yeah and then i think just like more and more because we kind of would would looked at the film both like on a micro level and then a macro level and Mm. then we're like this is a very character driven story and having this frame does help us kind of connect to the character more like for, for example in that in that scene of um you know, when Saffron is is crying mm. and she's collecting her tears, like mm. that works so beautifully in that yeah. format. Whereas I couldn't now looking back, like I think it would have been a lot less effective if mm. it were in a wider mm. in a wider frame. So it was just like those little aspects. It was just yeah. like seeing what is going to help someone connect more to mm. what is what we're, what we're what we're saying.
2: Yeah.
1: Um in this frame,
2: yeah. I think it's particularly effective like considering that 15 minutes is not a lot of time and Mm. I felt so connected to them there's something so intimate about that sort of square frame it like puts you right up there yeah but then you cut out all the unnecessary details and there they are like right there in the middle exactly that's the whole thing yeah but then you know
1: there's always that part of you it's like oh but you know usually when you go to a cinema you have this huge Mm. you know cinematic landscape or whatever Mm. so I was also figuring out like how do I cut off Like, I don't know, that kind of Mm. what people would expect to see and and really be comfortable with being kind of, because it is kind of unusual. I think now it's becoming a lot more like almost, I don't want to say on trend, but like people Mm. are being a lot more comfortable with going back to like a a much more square Mm. format. Mm. But I don't know, for some reason at the time I was like still a bit unsure, but it's exactly what you're saying, like that cutting out of unnecessary space that that is just can have such an impact.
2: Mm. We touched a little bit on this in the sort of pre-production but how did you go about like your set design, wardrobe and stuff because you can Mm. see the attention to detail Mm. in it, the color palette that you've got there, it looks deliberate and I can imagine (laughs) that was quite an exhausting process. Um, Yeah, I mean on one
1: hand it was, on one hand it, it also was very exciting because it was like my opportunity to kind of just do exactly what I would would be great yeah. without having anyone being like no that you know that's not going to work or mm. something but in terms of so again like in terms of the the locations mm. there were certain things that we could control and certain things yeah. that we couldn't like when you know when you're shooting on like a grass patch mm. like you know you're, you're like driving around trying to find the perfect you know street <laughs> that you can walk down that has mm. the right this and the right amount of light and the right amount of d- mm. dappled sunlight and like mm. all these things but again like in Cape Town we're very lucky to have mm. very beautiful places yeah. and I just drew a lot on like what I could find or what was around or some yeah. strange hill that somebody knows of up in somewhere mm. um but you know, for what I could control, like the, the bedroom scenes, yeah. the, you know, certain things like in the, this is really like a behind the scenes little, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, you know, in the the opening and closing scenes with, mm. with Tommy and uh, mm. the, the little girl, um, those backdrops were kind of like, my dad and I like building the structure to just like put something over and t- yeah. and taking this and taking that and just pulling all these little pieces together mm. because again like I didn't have a huge budget I couldn't like go and source something from somewhere yeah. it was all just go to this place that you know see if you can find this thing do you have this that that you know that works and then and then all of it kind of again like came into place yeah um with with the wardrobe um a lot of the wardrobe was like you know my own clothing or clothing that I would ask would like like saffron's shirt with the fishes was mm. actually a shirt of demi's that she had oh, wow. um the the jump the the jumpsuit that she wears mm. is something that, that like i kind of bought for the film mm. and then like we kept afterwards a, a lot so a lot of the wardrobe was like things that we you know we sourced from our own wardrobes yeah. and kind of mixed and matched and put together as mm. uh, the little girls dresses was was something that um a, a, one of one of these kind of vintage stores very kindly like like lent to us Mm. on hire and like Mm. these kinds of things so it was it was it was like that it was just very much you have this very specific vision in mind and like what's the closest thing you can get to it
2: Mm. yeah Yeah. being practical about it I should have asked this during production actually (laughs) but would you mind talking a little bit about the gear that you guys shot on is that something you'd be comfortable with just like Like, a rough idea, I'd really love to know what camera you shot that on, if any Mm. particular lenses, anything like that. Yeah,
1: so we shot on on a Sony, okay, and we shot mostly on a 50mm, and Mm. I think 35 You can see it, yeah. And it was mainly those two. Mm. And then we had very, I mean, very minimal lighting. Mm. Most of it was natural light. I think in the bedroom scene, Liam played a lot around with... with those kind of Chinese lanterns and mm. we, we use a lot of kind of diffusing and yeah. just to soften things up because the light mm. was always kind of changing. Yeah. Um, and but, you know, most of the scenes that were shot outside was all just like natural light. So yeah. very, very minimal lighting mm-hmm. at all stages. Um, and that, that again, like affected our scheduling a lot. Yeah. So we'd be very specific about what time of day we shoot what. Mm. Yeah. Then, I mean, I can't even think of much other gear that we used. Yeah. It was a very, like, minimalistic,
2: mm. you know, yeah, gearing setup. short film, run and gun yeah. sort of vibe, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and like, that was fine because I didn't really have anything else to compare it to. Yeah. And Liam did a really great job. And, I, like, I didn't think we needed much more, you know. I didn't mm. really envision um, very, like, fancy camera movements and stuff. Yeah. Even though maybe it could have been a lot more effective or whatever. But, again, like, because a lot of the, the, mm. the shots were static or yeah. just this very... Oh, um, but I, I shouldn't forget to mention in the scenes with you know in the garden scenes, mm. in, the, in the bubble scenes, mm. in the water scenes, um, there were more specific. There was more specific gear. So yeah, in the garden scenes, um, L- Liam had
2: gimbal shoulder rig.
1: Yeah, he kind of had
2: small gimbal, small gimbal yeah. that yeah. he was
1: actually using and and to get these Mm, and it was actually I think a very painful process for him because Mm. the whole time so again those those scenes were very inspired by Terrence Malick which Mm. I'm sure maybe a lot of people you know filming people picked up
2: yeah
1: um this kind of like very in and out like Mm. dynamic Mm. getting glimpses here getting glimpses Mm. there lots of like Mm. light filtering in these kinds of this kind of feel yeah um But we shot so much of that, like there was so, you know, and and it was like to Liam, it was he was kind of like, I don't even I can't even see what I'm shooting kind of Mm. thing. and i was like no it's fine like this is the movement this is the movement this is what we wanted to feel like just keep shooting just keep shooting yeah. and there was a time where i think he was so like what you know what even is this mm. but then in post like he 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 got he got the idea you know yeah. but yeah so i think that was kind of almost the most complex that we got with with mm. equipment and then like the underwater stuff was actually yes. shot by a catherine a friend of mine catherine mcintosh mm-hmm. who used i think a cannon. and mm. then she she had like an underwater um
2: like a case. case she yeah. had an underwater
1: mm. case and that's exactly why I asked her to shoot it because I knew that like Liam wasn't really comfortable with that kind of um mm-hmm. setup and she was she a lot of her photography is and and videography work is is that style sure. um but we also had complications there because her you know she was we were shooting in um long street baths yes and it was a public place and mm-hmm. like you know, we had to also time that really well, and mm. then and then like she couldn't get like the focus for some reason oh. wasn't working. Mm. But again, like in 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 the end, that's exactly kind of the feel that mm. that worked. Mm. So again, like you learn mm. when it's your first time, mm. when things kind of r- really don't go how you maybe thought they would. Yeah, in post, you kind of are like we're gonna make it work. Yes. <laughs> it's like the <that's> typical like <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> fix it in post. But it was more like rediscover how it works in post. Mm. But then obviously, like, the opening scenes, there yeah. was a lot more attention to light yes. and to, um, we shot that in my house, you know, mm. very soft light, very, mm. and, yeah, and then by then Liam was kind of, he understood, like, yeah. what my kind of approach was, so mm. it worked really well, yeah. Just
2: on a roll, by that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so great. Um, yeah, let's chat a little bit about the, the editing process. You said that took the most time out of yes. everything. So maybe, like, give us, a, like, a walkthrough. Okay,
1: so if we finish shooting around, let's say early twenty seventeen, yeah. then I was planning to leave for India. Mm. Um, I was volunteering as like a, as a yeah, a volunteer teacher at the school in India.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, inspired kind of like by this. So so I'm a Baha'i, and a huge part of the Baha'i faith is mm. this concept of like a year of service. You know, yeah. like some people call it a gap year, but yeah. but it, like we kind of see it more as a year of service. Mm. A year maybe after school between going to study where you really immerse yourself in the world and yeah. just see like where can you go and 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 serve mm. and learn mm. so it's not like you're going somewhere in this charity way to like mm. help fix the place or something it's yeah. actually like you can go you can offer some kind of of helping hand and you can learn about how life is for other people in mm. another place mm. so that you can come back to your environment and bring whatever you've learned Mm, there mm, kind of thing mm. and then if you picture that on a large scale if youth are doing that all over the world then now they're cross fertilizing Mm, you know conditions of the world all over the place Mm. um and that's leading to like hopefully a more unified kind of vision
2: yeah
1: um so so yeah I was planning to do that for the second half of 2017 and then you know again in my kind of newbie mindset I was Mm. like oh then I have you know three months to edit this thing and have it Mm. finished before I go little did I know that that was not going to (laughs) happen um because at the time I mean I can't even remember I think I didn't even have yeah I didn't even have really a fixed editor when we finished shooting and Liam was even saying like you know it's okay I can kind of put things together and we can take it from there and I had spoken to a couple people so that was that was the most kind of nerve-wracking part was like you know because editing is so huge and then Eventually, I can't even remember how it worked out, but Holmes, Holmes happened to have time to work on this thing, and again, yeah. he was you know he was working at a, a professional you know film company, whatever he mm. had a bunch of work that he had to do for them. Mm. Uh, there was no good reason for him to take this thing on, mm. but he just did, mm. and he did such an amazing job at it, mm. and he also just became invested in this way that like I don't even understand how um. Because, you know, he, again, like he wasn't being paid the way that I wanted to pay him. yeah. Um, and yeah, and then he and then there was a lot of so then that so then that was finding the editor. Yeah. Right. That was the first step. Then it was like by that time I, I had to kind of leave. yeah. So then it was a case of now I'm in India. Mm. I'm really far away and I'm having to put this thing together. Mm. But what that also allowed was this, this space and this time to kind of go through the film and I almost would like create these different versions Mm. and and be able to really like sit and select your favorite like cuts and takes Mm. and stuff Mm. because you know how it can be is like sometimes when you when you because we did have a lot of 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 material and takes and it it wasn't there was a lot to work through and I needed that like the selection process was very grueling like there Mm. was so many kind of this take this take this 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 cutting cutting away cutting away cutting away um no i definitely want this in you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um back and forth like that but it allowed me to kind of sit and do that yeah. without feeling like i hate watching this stuff so much i just yeah. never want to see it again you mm-hmm. know and i think that can be that can be really difficult because there are times where you just need like as a director, you almost just want to not look at stuff yes. again, you know, yeah. and you need that editor role to come in and to enjoy looking at the footage mm. and to love it and to mm. find the the beauty and the things mm. that maybe you're missing because you're just so tired or something. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, and then and then what happened is I kind of ended up, I, I, I don't know why how we got to that point, but yeah. we, I ended up having to Put all the 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 footage on a hard drive and mm. sh- ship it from India to oh to South Africa. <laughs> so I again, like, I don't know why why I you know why we were in that position, but we were. Mm. And um, and then yeah, and then Holmes just started working on it, and then we would have these you know like late night calls from different time zones, mm. and have to like kind of while we could still be awake make some decisions and kind Mm. of talk through things um learn you know also learn how each other works him him get to know my vision me get to see what he needs Mm. um and just he had such a beautiful demeanor the whole time again Mm. I feel very lucky and yeah he got there was a lot of referencing there was Mm. a lot of talking through things that again like I don't even know because when I think back to it I was a very detailed person like I would have these kind of treatments and these references mm. and these little notes and mm. these little this and little this and can we can we grade it like this and then mm. but then like some others some other scene is graded completely differently. Yeah. So this person is now having to take all of this this mm. like director's crazy vision and mm. and and kind of merge it into something that is cohesive yeah. and that brings all these different elements and inspirations into into one cohesive film, yeah. which he did so well. Um, and then so then that was you know 2017 was going, 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 and then By the time I had come back by the end of the year, so like December, like very late December, Mm. then like from January we was the first time we were able to physically be together with the edits. And then obviously that helped to accelerate the process. Mm. And then I was kind of like, let's try to set a deadline by like February to have it done. Mm. And then, you know, we were able to work towards that. So Mm. it ended up being towards February, March. And then we, and then was, you know, the next process of releasing and sharing and what do do we do with this? Mm. So altogether it took pretty much like a a year to edit sure um but that's you know that's from beginning to end Mm. which is not actually too bad no um it could have been it could have been longer Mm. (laughs) considering the being in different continents but yeah again that was I think that was almost maybe necessary for the film because it at once gave me this urgency to finish it but Mm. also the space to let it sit and kind of be what it needed to be for a while, you know, because there there were a lot of changes. There were literally whole scenes that we cut out, that we filmed, um, that just, you know, Holmes would be like, you know, this is not serving the story. Mm. And I would have to just be like, okay, I trust yeah, you, you know, whereas, yeah. and, and, and again, first-time director learning, like, that that can, that's the importance of having an editor, because mm. you are so attached to, you know, the fact that you made, you mm. know, your friends get into a freezing cold pool, and mm. shoot the scene that you think is so pivotal to the storytelling, mm. but, but you know, your, your editor's like, you know, that actually doesn't help yeah. people in, mm. in whatever way or it actually takes away or whatever mm. and then it allows you to kind of be like great you're doing your job I'm doing mine and mm. it's working mm. <laughs> it's making the the film better you know mm. yeah yeah
2: I wanted to ask about uh Max Richter uh, and on yes. the nature of daylight because I'm I'm such a fan of his work in general and that song in particular I don't know if you've seen the film Arrival and it's use in there and he he also composed all the music for a tv series I love called The Leftovers okay amazing. No, it's amazing so yeah what drew you to that and how did that end up getting incorporated
1: so that is also such a beautiful just confirmation for me mm. I don't know what to call it blessing mm. honor ev- everything so yes yeah, so definitely have seen a rival and yeah. I think Oh yes this is where it started mm. so James who composed the music for Skin Diver yes. him and him and I he he's incredible i mean mm. he's some kind of musical genius but, like you just go to his house and he's got like all these random instruments from like oh. the santur to like a, 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 a a bass and mm. you know we're just, it's just like play yeah. from the very early stages of speaking to him about music yeah. we were sharing references and it was like we just had like such similar wavelengths mm. and then for some reason he like he just randomly brought up On the Nature of Daylight and yeah. I was like I know Max Richter, like I love his work. Mm. Let, like, let me look at this track. Then, of course, it then instantly reminded me of Arrival, oh, and man. then I just got hooked onto the song. Mm. And then I made the the good mistake of watching that particular footage, particularly yeah. to this this track,
0: yeah. because I just
1: loved the, the way they worked. Mm. And then, I, and then the more the more that I watch, I'm like, I was actually telling um, a very close uh, friend and trustee of mine, I was like, I cannot. Yeah. Not use this song, <laughs> and this is such you know a problem because mm. if I use anything else, it's not going to be yeah. the same. Yeah. And I was just so adamant, so I was like, okay, what do I have to do yeah. to make this work? Yeah. So I just like kind of went online, found how do I you know get hold of Max Richter, mm. and I think I just like sent an email to his like, whatever his manager or something, yeah. um, understood who owns the the track, what yeah. are the rights involved, blah blah mm. blah, and then what what can we do to you know use this yeah. and by some miracle they actually ended up responding to my email which oh, i wow. think is a is a miracle on yeah. its own because i don't know how many you know messages they get in a day mm. and they were they were just so helpful they were like yeah you know if you get a non commercial license you can use it um mm. i had to understand what that what that means mm. um and so we did so we ended up getting a non commercial license i think i showed them a, a bit about you know what kind of footage it would be used to mm. and they were very happy and mm. so we ended up getting the license to use True. that song which was amazing and, and also like so exciting for yeah. also like James because mm. like now his music is being kind of incorporated in this yeah. film with with Max and like the whole full circle of him kind of telling <sighs> me about the track and then mm. it actually being in the film so that was really a very special a very special honor oh yeah oh my
2: gosh no it's miraculous yeah it's Really like, I, I could not believe it when I watched the film and I saw that. I'm like, it's perfect. Yeah. It's literally so perfect. Also, like, with your circular structure and Arrival has such a similar circular yes. structure. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, like, just obsessed with
1: it. You know, the very specific, like, violin chords and mm. the, just, like, the whole tempo and pace and, and beauty of that track, like, oh. worked exactly with, like, the hand movements and yeah. everything that they were doing. I was like, mm. I cannot picture yeah. using anything else, you know? Yeah. So,
2: no, it's incredible. we're very lucky to have made that work. We've spoken about the editing process so when did you know you were done with it was this uh, a situation of like we have no more time it is done now because we have no more time or was there like a particular draft that you're watching like this is it it's done i think it was some kind of abstract combination
1: of the two yeah but i think to be honest it was more like you know what we've we've been working on this mm-hmm. um i'm really happy with where it's at yeah I've done the finishing touches that I think it needed. Yeah. There's nothing in it that kind of I don't like, mm. and and like I'm I'm happy with it. And I think if I don't let go of it now, mm. I'll never let go of it. You know, yeah. I'll just keep working and keep doing yeah. and keep doing. And and it, there was also this strange thing, which I don't know if it's you know good mm-hmm. or bad. The strange feeling of like everyone who's worked on this mm. has been involved for so long you yeah. know and I think maybe as a first time director I kind of felt like okay I owed I owed to everyone to kind yeah. of show this thing now yeah. you know because it had been something I'd been talking about for so long mm. and everyone is so keen to see it mm. um so I think I also kind of felt that a bit and I was like you know what it's yeah. it's timely now like it's yeah. time mm. um the way that I describe it, uh, the way I was talking about it a few days ago, and I just said, like, it was almost this agitation, you know? It was like, now mm. is the time. What else mm. are we waiting for? Mm. Um, and there comes a certain time where you just feel, you know, it's, it's time is now, it's yeah, ripened, yeah. it's ready. Like, yeah. let's, let's show it.
2: Sure. Sure. That's yeah. amazing that you had that sort of clarity about it because I feel like for so many people it's like, okay, we're out of time now. It's done. It has to be because otherwise... Well, you see, yeah. we were
1: lucky to not have that kind of pressure because yeah. there wasn't any kind of institution or person mm. telling us, you know, we want this thing now. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of became up to our own feeling.
2: Mm. When did you know that you had created something profoundly impactful? this film did you know was it like you watching it was it like other people seeing it for the first time and being like wow Mm.
1: i mean it's even hard now to think of it as profoundly impactful you know Mm. because it's like for a very long time (laughs) i was kind of like "Are these people just saying they like it because Mm. they know me or you know yeah um but to just kind of walk you a bit through that i think so like the first initial screenings we had to go to the lobby and mm. say, like, ca- you know, how can we screen this thing? And they yeah. were like, yeah, we have the cinema upstairs, mm. da, 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 you can pay this amount for it. But for- mm. we are like, OK, we can do that. We can make some kind of deal yeah. um, because I wanted to do it in a, you know, in a real way. Mm. And I wanted people to have a good experience of it for the first time. Yeah. And the first couple screenings were just... I think, almost, like, word of mouth. Mm. Yeah, I think i had set up, like, a ticket method, but it, it was, like, all of the proceeds were just going through paying the cinema back. You yeah, know? it wasn't, yeah. like, we were making profit or anything like that. Um, and it was beautiful. Like, it was such a beautiful turnout. Mm. It, yes, a good amount of my friends came, but a huge amount of people who i had never in my life yeah. seen before. A lot of Cape Town, like, young creatives mm. came out of the woodworks and were drawn to it. And a lot of that had to do with, like, you know, doing a little bit of... I'm not going to say marketing, but kind of putting the word out there and advertising it. Um, And that helped a lot. And thanks to like our beautiful poster that Tyler Mason made, which I think a lot of people were very like attracted by, which, and again, Mm -hmm. was also very like um, a very distinct, like decision. Mm -hmm. Um, so so those were the first screenings and then you know there was a very positive response Mm. and a very moving response you know people were sharing things out of the depth of their soul we were connecting on this incredible level which is exactly what I was hoping for and Mm. I actually realized only in that time how important it was to let it go at that time and how important it was to just share it and then Mm. it becomes such a different thing you know once Mm. you start opening it up to audience and to the interpretation and now people are coming with their interpretations Mm. and bring it and I was like wow like this is so for Mm. me I think it was actually at that point that I was like this is like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing this Mm. is why we did this whole thing that makes all of that time all of that stress all of the obstacles so worth it you know um and I was very moved by how it moved people but I was also very I don't want to say skeptical but very like confused or like like not sure in a sense Mm. um it was the first time that anyone was kind of recognizing what was going on in the depth of my brain and heart and now you're kind of putting it out there and 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 you're sharing it and now it's becoming other people's thing and other people's experience you know Mm. and now you're like wow this is you know it sounds very cliche but it kind of becomes much bigger than you much much broader than you its effect goes in places that you don't really know you didn't intend you didn't think Mm. of so so i i think and then at the same time there was a lot of. You know, having sharing it on maybe online platforms, um, being having little articles published in Mm -hmm. certain newspapers or places or things that was really a beautiful opportunity for us to share more and and share the process. But again, that also created a sense of and I think this is always the balance that creative Mm -hmm. people will feel is like the sense of hype. that that can lead people who don't who haven't even maybe watched the film Mm. to to build on the hype without Mm. having any personal like experience of Mm. it yes and then and then that also taught me a lot because I became a bit disillusioned and I was Mm. like "Hmm," like it it taught me very quickly to take kind of encouragement and beautiful moving Mm. responses as Mm. lightly as like the other stuff that can come with it which is like you know, the feeling that people Mm. don't really see you, they just see, like, a name of a film Mm. or, like, your... And, you know, there were a couple instances of, like, maybe production companies coming to me and wanting me to sign on, Mm. not because they genuinely want to help me as a director or they genuinely believe in what my intention is here, but just Mm. because they want to say, we have this person who made this thing Mm. working for... like, working with us and, and, you know, a female director on our list Mm. or whatever... Mm. And you know, I was very lucky to. I think I'm tangenting a bit, but I was very lucky to have um, met someone. Her her name is Alison Swank, and she's a, she's a really wonderful human being and mm. producer mm. who was able to give me advice early on yeah. of like, okay, that might sound really great, but like just make sure whatever you do, you don't sign your name on yeah. anything. Like, yeah. don't sign away your independence. Don't no. because it can be hard, you know, as a as a first time director, you think in mm. our small little industry that like. The ultimate thing is to, like, be taken up by a production company mm. and to, you know, be able to make work all the time and to mm. have this crew behind you yeah. and whatever. But mm. it doesn't necessarily work like that. Like, that is not usually yeah. the deal, yeah. you know. Um, and and unfortunately, like, I have spoken to really talented photographers and, and makers in our industry who, who had to go had to go that ugly route of figuring that out for themselves yeah. to be like, wow, I just wasted like four mm. years of my life mm. um, being kind of jetted, like in this position. Yeah. Um, so just going back to your question, like the, the concept of impact and making something impactful, I think it does still kind of, it is still kind of beyond me. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here still talking about it yeah. is like very, you know, surreal for me. The mm. fact that like people who are so close to me and who I love, like, can still watch it now and Mm. and tell me that like they cry Mm. is like very bizarre for me because I'm like for me I I look at it in a very uh, critical way Mm. you know I've gotten to this point where it it is so meaningful to me it it Mm. is such a huge reminder of everything I learned everything I went through Mm. as that first director Mm. all of the visions bring it to life but like it is difficult for me to to just let go of that and and experience it, yeah. you know, because yes. you're always as the maker of the thing, you always like are critical and you're looking at yeah. things and yeah. and and I I try so hard to kind of watch it in this detached way, and of yeah. course I'm moved by it myself, but it's mm-hmm. like it's still a very incredible experience when you when you when you see other people. Mm. You know, have some kind of meaning for it. Even when you say like, "Oh, mm. I found this so beautiful," like to mm. me, it's like, "What? Like, mm. that's amazing." Like, I, you know, I yeah. don't know, mm. and I don't know if it's just because I have very low expectations, or mm. I just don't like, I don't see my myself or, or the work in that way. Yeah. Because I don't, I, it's just not how I work. You know, like mm. I, I'm, I, and I, I'm not someone who like makes something. and I'm like, "Oh, this is great." Like, "Oh, yeah. this is so beautiful." It's like. I enjoy making it. And I get that satisfaction and beauty from, from achieving the thing, mm. but I'm, but I don't really have expectations of other people to necessarily get it in the same way, you know? Mm. So when they do, it's like oh, amazing or how mm. beautiful we can share this excitement and this experience and this, this yeah. appreciation. But it's like, it's definitely not something that I'm, I'm yet at a point where like I expect people to, to get it or to yeah. be moved by it or something, you know? Mm. So it was very much like I had no expectation when I first screened it mm. of like, to be very honest, I thought everyone would kind of be like, what? Like, confused, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't, like, I don't think it's a very, like, conventional, mm. maybe what you expect. Like, I, I thought it would kind of push people a bit out of their comfort zone, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think the biggest the biggest thing for me in terms of impact is that. like the, yeah. Like, the fact that people c- could have this personal mm. experience of yeah. it and maybe be inspired by it, maybe be moved mm. by it in a way that I didn't mm. necessarily, like expect yeah but but I hoped for but I didn't expect mm. um and also what it like what it could stand for in terms of if they are you know if they are South African youth who really mm. want to do something are mm. maybe fearful or maybe unsure doubtful or maybe held back by the fact that they don't have the equipment that yeah. they want or that they're told they need or the budget that they're told they need and can just be like look we made this thing, Mm. it was literally a case of me just waking up one day and being like, okay, gotta make this thing, no one else no one else, like, it's like me or nothing no one else is gonna be there to help me if I fall, or Mm. to uh, put it together if I can't, or something, so like, you just push through and you do the thing that you believe in, and um, with the right intentions, with the pure intentions, you try, 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 you try again mm. and you can do, you can really overcome anything, especially because it's rely, like often when you do rely on people, if people feel that from you mm. and you, you do just say to them truthfully, look, I wish I could pay you X, I wish we yeah. could be on X, but, but right now this is all I have to offer, like how do you feel? And you just, yeah. you take it from there, you know? Mm. And I think like in terms, of, like that kind of impact is so important for me because mm. I I do feel and I I did feel and I do feel still Mm. that we are very like we are very reluctant to share ideas we are very Mm. reluctant Mm. to try things that we've never done before Mm. um, to, to kind of make things that that are not being made because it's like you know we don't believe we can maybe we don't know how to go about doing it we need like um, we, we don't think we can do something if we don't have the tools and we don't realize that like we just have to create the things that we want to exist yeah. and things will follow from that. You know, the confirmations will follow mm. from the effort mm. and especially when we just rely, when we when we draw on each other more. Mm. So I think that was also kind of like a subliminal message I wanted to send through the yeah. just the making of the film yeah. to like younger people because the more we can do that, then the more diversity we're going to have, mm. the more we're going to grow in our industry, mm. the more we're going to start seeing things that we never expected from ourselves and you know cultivate that
2: Mm. that ties it up so nicely I was literally going to ask you about advice for people who in in South Africa who wanted to start producing Uh, their own stuff and you just like rolled straight into it (laughs) I wanted to know um like how you went about entering it into to festivals and stuff like Mm. how did that happen yeah
1: okay so again had no idea how to go about doing that yeah. also realized that like there's really like there's a lot of fees involved mm. in like those kind of big festivals and yeah. you're like oh i'd love to enter into sundance mm. little do you know that it's like x amount of dollars and you're like i don't know how many of that <laughs> yeah um so what i did is i found I found this great website, Film Freeway. Yes. And literally just like uploaded the film there, Mm -hmm. filled in everything Mm -hmm. that you need to. And the beautiful thing about that thing is like that site is you can just kind of enter it into Mm -hmm. a whole selection of festivals Mm -hmm. without having to redo, you know, the information and upload every time. So yeah, for any for anyone making films and wanting to enter it into stuff, I would r- definitely recommend using that site. Mm-hmm. And that that was pretty much my primary thing initially. So that was like where I entered it into like mm-hmm. Cannes and mm-hmm. Paris and mm-hmm. and then I think even a couple of the local Johannesburg yes. um, film festivals. Mm-hmm. That was a super big surprise to have it kind mm-hmm. of even opened up because interestingly enough, it was the film was accepted or selected rather to international festivals before it was selected to local ones oh wow so funny enough like it was it was almost the fact that it was it opened doors over like internationally mm-hmm. that local kind of yeah. uh, film festival started being like oh there's this thing which i think is also an interesting comment on yeah. how yeah. our local like setup is you yeah, know completely. it's almost like it needs to have some kind of other external recognition yeah. to be like oh we need to get onto this thing yeah. or something that's crazy um Then I also was in touch with the Josie Film Festival organizers. And then they they kind of said, like, send me the film. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know. I think it was, like, through someone who I knew casually as a friend told someone, the organizer, that there was this person who made a short film. And then they kind of messaged me and said, oh, we want to see it. Like, we'd love to see it. And then I was like, okay. And then um, the same thing happened with uh, Schnitt Mm -hmm. and then even the Cape Town International Festival. So that was, again... Oh, Cape Town International had entered via Film Freeway, okay, yeah. um, but then Schnitt was was again like, oh, we invite you to come and show your film, which was, it was very full circle for me because yeah. the lobby was the place where we first started screening, yeah. and we had to pay to kind of show it there. Now we were kind of being asked to come back, <laughs> so that was very like special in in a sense, yeah. and obviously to to screen it um, amongst really beautiful films and f- mm. and be amongst beautiful filmmakers. And then there were also a couple other spaces where I kind of screened it in schools in the Czech Republic just for like kind mm. of educational, like, mm. like creative inputs. Um, and then there was even someone from Ghana who was creating mm. exhibitions for up and coming African artists who like founded via like Instagram yeah. and then oh, wow. contacted me. So it started kind of yeah. spreading its, its like wings, mm. mostly, I think, through our digital world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, primarily Film Freeway. And it's mm. like, it's super exciting if it gets selected and you get this little email and you're like, yeah. what? Like for me, the first time that happened, I was like, wait, what? Like, is this a joke? Am mm. I being pranked <laughs> to like go and <laughs> figure out that it was all legit and stuff? Yeah. Um, and it's great. Like you can select, there's a, there's a lot of free film festivals. There's, there's a couple who have like basic entry mm. level fees and stuff, but you can kind of, you can select it and you can see exactly mm, like what you yeah. need to do. What are the requirements
0: mm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And be sure to link that in the show notes. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah
2: that's super, super helpful. Mm. Well, yeah, thank you for answering all my questions. Thank you. You gave such me such great questions. So much information. I feel very inspired.
0: I'm glad. I'm happy. <laughs> and very informed. Great. Thank you for joining us for part one of our conversation with Katja. Be sure to check out part two for more inspiration. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Ulms Air, the Ulms podcast. I hope you've enjoyed being a part of the conversation as much as we've enjoyed having you. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for us, please get in touch by emailing ormsair at orms.co.za. Head on over to ormsair.buzzsprout.com and take a peek at this week's show notes for more information on any works referenced or topics discussed in this week's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode of Orms Air and feel that someone you know could be creatively enriched by joining us in conversation, Why not share this episode with them and invite them to join our photographic community? Until next week, keep questioning, keep inspiring, and above all, keep creating.